If you're looking to start a podcast, the best place to start is Anchor. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit the podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's easy to do everything to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Oh, the connection. Film connections. We should just do a, a group of movies that's all, like, like a Six Degrees of Separation, but with films. I mean, I feel like that'd be pretty easy based on Very easy. All, <laughs> all the accidental ones we've had. Very easy. Dude, let's kick this off immediately. You know, this is Required Watching, where we watch the essential films from the list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm Trey. I'm Danny. And today we are talking about the 1995 thriller Seven, or Sa-7-N. Sa-7-N. It's... It's a movie about two detectives, a rookie and a veteran. They hunt a serial killer who uses seven deadly sins as his motives. Really simple. It stars Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and Kevin Spacey. Directed by David Fincher. My guy. I haven't seen this movie in so long. Like I, I think the first time I saw this movie was in the 90s at some point. And I haven't revisited it. Because it's one of those movies where, where if you know the ending, it loses a lot of its shock value straight away but second second watch is nowhere near the same as the first watch really i mean i i haven't seen it in a couple of years either but re-watching it i was still like pretty interested i knew how it was gonna end but i was like "Ooh, i forgot about that one. Oh, i forgot about that no, murder no but see because because i haven't watched it in years and i just put movies in the back of my mind to not really recall it felt it felt new yeah. It definitely felt new to me. But yeah, at the whole time I was like, this one thing happened and I can't remember who it... I, so a couple things happened leading up to this movie. Victoria was like, oh, I'll watch that movie with you. I, uh, you know, I, you know, especially that part where they put the head in the box. And I was like, wait, what? As in like, I, it was so much in the back of my mind that I, like, I knew there was something I was missing. I knew, that, I knew it has a big reveal. I'm not sure what it was. And that's, I was like, oh, that's I'm the so only angry. thing I remembered. <laughs> I was so angry about it. And then somebody else spoiled something. I, I, I don't know. So I, like leading up to watching this, despite people not knowing really that I was going to watch it, I just got spoiled, which upset me. But I was still very, very into the movie. Honestly, though, it holds up. It definitely holds up. I think like the fact that you get so little with each murder, that even if you know the ending or even if you know like, because it's pretty like formulaic, yeah. you're still like, oh, wait, but what's What's well, gonna happen? I mean, if they did that on the last one, the next one's gotta be like they keep upping the ante. Right. So you're like, I don't know how far they're fucking gonna go. Yeah, and then you're like, he he turns himself in. He doesn't kill uh, Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, you're what, like, what is going, going on? on? Everything I wanted and thought would at like cliches or things that would have happened that would have been predictable but satisfying don't happen at all. Okay, so the thing that I found unsatisfying, actually, is I wanted more. 
I wanted, and it's hard. It's hard for me to say that seriously, but because I think that's kind of the point. But I wanted more. I wanted more of the murders. Not more of the murders. I wanted more from the murders. And I wanted it, I wanted to see more of like why Kevin Spacey's character was doing this. Mm. Like we got like we got zero point of view from him until he enters the uh, like until he gives himself up in like the what third second end of the second act, third act. Um, like we get nothing. We we know nothing. Everything is a straight up guess for the most part. Like besides the fact that it's seven daily sins. But we as an audience are under the same under the same perspective as the cops of we only know what he tells us. Mm. And he doesn't tell us much. So I was like, damn, yeah, I want to know. Like, why, why is this guy doing Like, why? What, what was the impetus of it all? Well, yeah, just tell me why. But again, yeah. I think that was the point of the entire thing. Like, like it's already good that I want more music. You know. Yeah, because I think that also adds to the, like, the brutalness of it all. Because you have no motivation behind any of these murders. And you're just like, these are just happening? What's going on? Right, right. Like, what kind of world are they living in? And I got I got into this, like, Batman thing of, like, oh, it's a, it was, like, the DA or, you know, wh- whoever the lawyer was. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I, I didn't feel too bad. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, the, the glutton guy and the, I forget what the other guy was, who was just, like, starved to death, essentially. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this is brutal. It's yeah, it's so methodical that it's it's actually quite haunting to have to have this kind of character, right? It's not as senseless as we may think some crimes are. Like yeah. the, the character, like picking the victims was really random, but the way they were murdered was insane. Also, a lot of like crime movies and shows that are at this level usually go into the psychology of the murderer in some way. Like, I keep right. thinking of, of Dexter, how, like, every murderer has a pretty detailed arc. Like, you mm-hmm. know exactly the psychology behind them. And this one's just like, no. I don't know, just a madman? Yeah, like, just a madman. Let me, let me ask you this. Because I, I, have, I have a few notes regarding this. Actually, no, let me, let me just add that. What I thought was interesting to this is to know that there's back in 2007 or something like this, I read, that they made comic books, seven comic books or graphic novels, all from John Doe's uh, point of view. Ooh. Which is really interesting to me, and I'm, I'm really interested in reading that, just like, as a change of medium, but like I was saying, just as a change of perspective, especially with how like, graphic graphic novels end up being, you know, like Walking Dead and stuff like that. I'm really interested to see what that is. But here's my question, talking about satisfaction during this movie. What did you think of the ending? All right. So it's like an iconic ending. Very open-ended. That could lead it to be pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. Which, the way I interpreted it, it's, it's a head in the box. So it's right. a fucking such a brutal ending like as far as you kind of could go with this with this this plot like you couldn't really get any more any any more sick of a murder than that oh absolutely absolutely i mean considering even to take a, a further step back considering that he gave himself up two seconds you know maybe like what 15 seconds before 
his wife, like uh, Brad Pitt's character, gets a message from his wife, mm-hmm. which uh, which is the thing that I'm curious about. I'm curious about what would have like what was the message because I don't even think we see him read the message, or maybe it was just one. You know, it's the '90s, so maybe it's just one of those papers that just say your wife called, call her yeah. back. But then I wonder, I, I wonder, I wonder what would have happened if he had gone home or called home. I mean, if he called home, obviously she would not have picked up, but like gone gone back home had he not gone in to work at that particular time. But then furthermore, from a viewing standpoint of just the the film ending, he shoots Kevin Spacey's character, John Doe, and then it's over. It's over. We hear we hear the sergeant or the or captain or whoever say, we'll take care of him. Brad Pitt is in the back of a car, off, and that's it. We get nothing. We don't know if Morgan Freeman character actually retires. Like, like, because the whole thing was like, I'm retiring in, yeah. in the next week. Yeah. That was, that, I mean, I think it. that's that's definitely a testament to Brad Pitt's character's like just pure emotion. Like, there's so many parts in the movie where he's just so riled up, and Morgan Freeman is just looking at him like, "Dude, come on." <laughs> but this is like the one time that it's completely justified for him to fly off the handle. And it's like, oh, well, I guess it's good that we don't know the psychology of John Doe because he just he just kind of created a little murderer here. But exactly. Well, that's true, right? And that's all of the, the irony. But, like, I don't know. We we see him throughout the, the entire movie fly off the handle and, like, not, I wouldn't say fly off the handle, but he's like, yo, I want to get this guy. Like, yeah. he's... Oh, I wouldn't even say overzealous. Like I would say he's more determined to do his job right. Right? Like he's a guy for the shield. He's not playing around here. So I am curious about why John Doe picked him and just assumed that he would kill him. And I guess I guess to answer my own question, it's that he is someone who's holding a gun. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he's someone with a gun to his hip. Like I, you know, you can't do this to some random person who lives in the suburbs, right? Like they may get angry and they get sad and they get do all these things, but they're not, they don't have a gun right next to them in order to, to kill him. Yeah. But John Doe, yeah, he set it off. Like, I, I feel like he, because he was so methodical and twisted, he probably could have gotten anyone to do that. So true. Um, what do you think is in the box? Yeah. It's like, I, there's <laughs> an arm, but, you know, like a, a hand or a couple fingers or something like that. But like, it ha- if it's not a head, I don't know what other identifying objects it could be. I mean, what if he just lied? Okay. This is my last week. I'm out of here. Yeah, it's a head. All right, let's go. Yeah. Have you ever had such a bad last week of work? No, because I think <laughs> I I do think if I had such a like if I had that much of a bad week, I probably would have quit. Like I would have been like, hey, I'm done. Why why is he sticking around for another, another week? I don't know, pension or something, probably. No, I mean, come on. He, like, <laughs> and and I, get, I get his motivation. There's no, I am in no way doubting Morgan Freeman's character's motivation of, I want to get this done. Like, he, we see him resist it so many times, and we see how he gets pulled in. And we kind of see how, like, whether it's a cop thing or a character thing of, like, this OCD, I want to get this done, and I can kind of connect these clues. Yeah, there's just, yeah. yeah like, I... I, I I'm okay. I'm okay with him coming back to it, but I'm also like, come on, bro. What? Like, just be done with it. Be done with it. But then again, his life is not really affected, right? Like, yeah. if we're gonna assume he retired, like he retired that day, or you know, a couple days after. Would yeah, you call this uh, a horror movie? 
thriller. I call it a thriller, and I think thriller. I, I I think why I chose it for October was just by the fact that it. I don't know. I was choosing. I was trying to choose something that wasn't like bang on to the horror genre, but also something that was gonna creep people out. And I I, I think it creeps me out. I think there's no. I think there's nothing nothing scarier than knowing that a human can rip a per, rip a person's life apart, and kind of have no like like this is relatively real. Like this could happen. Some guy, some guy in a hockey mask who, despite all efforts, continues to live and murder people is less likely. Oh yeah, this is like realistic spooky, which right. yeah, definitely makes it so chilling. Yeah, let me ask you this: her character. I don't feel like it hit as hard for me as I think it did when I originally watched it. Because she has maybe three scenes, and I think, like to a point of like here, here she is, she exists, and I think all of those scenes exhibit like her love and you know relationship with Brad Pitt and her growing relationship with Morgan Freeman. But I was like, I I don't know if I care for her as much. But again, I'm I I feel like I'm so distanced from how troubled the world is now versus what it was like in the 90s. That I yeah, feel like this, I is think a, this is a time issue. That definitely plays into it. Because the first time you watch it, especially if you watched it years and years and years ago, it's such a brutal final uh, murder or Im- implication that right. you're just completely taken aback just on the sheer brutality of it. Right. But then when second or third viewing now in today's world yeah it is kind of just like oh okay that's it just just to end the box her oh okay <laughs> like you don't really know her right like it it would have had a much bigger impact if it was mills or somerset head and the other one found it right because we Absolutely. know we've had a relationship we've, we've like grown to know these two people but yeah, her, it's just, yeah, you don't have that strong of a connection with her. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And then you just brought up the whole thing of if he was lying, and I thought that would have been an even better end to the movie. Uh, like, yeah, like Morgan Freeman, like it just pans to an empty box, and then Morgan Freeman just kind of does a little sly smirk. Yeah. It's his last I'm week. Sorry. Why not? Yeah, I'm going to get him to kill that guy. Uh, that's going to be my Morgan Freeman's the killer. Morgan Freeman is the killer. He, he, He's like, I don't um, like new partners. Listen, Dan, the the original. Actually, no, by that point, probably. I actually don't know when that line was. Anyways, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dan, I'm going to cut this one a bit short because yeah. I feel like, I, I, know we have, I know we have so much more to talk about, but I will cut this one short and say this. This movie's required watching. I, I, I either like are shorter episodes because we even know where this is going to go in one way or the other. But this is this movie's required watching. I think, I think for the directing, for the acting, for the writing, I, I, I think as a whole, no matter what you do or want to do, this film can show you how to get there, right? Like, like this isn't obviously animation, but it shows you how to tell a story. It shows you how to about actors. It shows you about directing and the writing, the cinematography. The, I was reading that the notebooks from John, from the composition notebooks that John Doe had in the movie were actual notebooks and took 
costs like fifteen thousand dollars to to create, which is a complete waste of money. But it shows a level of commitment. It's just a level of commitment. I mean, those title sequences. David Fincher said something like he wanted to make sure the title sequences looked like they were done by a serial killer. Like just like the, the detail, right? So yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's something to like to be watched for sure. Yeah, I I agree. I think these these short episodes are very telling of how great a movie is. Because or bad, <laughs> or bad, true. Because I honestly have no quarrels with this movie really whatsoever. Like it's a great crime thriller, and he gives you just enough where you're able to kind of piece things together yourself and yeah. pull it in your head while you're watching it. Like nothing's spoon fed to you at all. So you are able to build, I mean, they don't even tell you what city they're in, right? Yo, why was it raining all the time? Yeah. It creates <laughs> this like the setting and gives you all these tools and you're like, you're able to add to the eeriness of all these murders. Yeah. You're left to jump to some conclusions in your head. Yeah, great crime movie, great thriller. I think it's up there with like Shutter Island and movies that after you watch it, you're like, oh boy, in yeah. a good way, in a in a great way. Also, I'm it, it, sure they use yeah. the same uh, garage as RoboCop. That's funny. I was gonna say it was good to see Brad Pitt act again. And I, and I don't mean that as any shade, but, you know, when you become such a movie star, it feels like sometimes you're just given roles where you're not actually acting, where you're yeah. just, like, saying the lines. And I, feel, and I just remembered, remember like, this is a time of, like, Fight Club and um, what's the other movie? Uh, whatever. But, yeah, like, where he's, like, really proven himself. Mm-hmm. And, like, th- like, this is where the star that is Brad Pitt is, like, made. Yeah. you're Yeah, you're seeing the, the early makings. Which is good. Let, let's let's wrap it up. Uh, if you guys want to be on the show, give us suggestions or anything like that, find us online at Required Watch on Twitter and Instagram or at the website, requiredwatching.com. You can find me, Trey Epps, at Trey Epps on all the social medias. What about you? I'm at Daily Tabner at all the social medias. Cool. Find cool. the links to the show notes, uh, links to the transcripts and all that stuff in the show notes. And just like that, we're done. Peace. Bye.